Preparing for March 2023. A time to prepare and plan. Outside it's pouring down with rain, mostly heavy but often torrential. It is late November now, so I'm almost four months into my new year. Now don't worry, I haven't developed a new cult calendar, it's just as a beekeeper the new year starts in August. Now I don't know who reads this yet, everything about this is new, so if comments require I'll cover my work during the first quarter of my beekeeping year in a separate post. For now I focus on looking forward and reviewing the preparations for March 2023. Having a keen eye on costs, now is the time to buy all the kit for next year, as UK sourced cedar or pine national brood boxes are only £18. In February, the next show is scheduled and I'll have a chance to buy at discount more items. Now, whilst a brood box is fiddly to make from scratch, making the floor and roof for each hive from timber is straightforward. My wood comes from recycled pallets, however I like to use the term upcycled. Probably as well to mention that you're able to check using Google the coding on a pallet to discover if it has been treated. I source my used pallets that are effectively at the end of commercial use from only one company and I do take great pleasure in upcycling into beehive equipment. All my hive bases are bottom underfloor entrances with an open Verreur mesh base. A very solid construction using 20mm thick timber. The bee entrance is about 8mm and this reduces wasp attacks and robbing to pretty much zero. The base has a skirt around. This reduces wind turbulence under the hive and so contributes to a warmer hive during bad weather. The open mesh floor is a minor help in the control of a rheumite. I particularly like the underfloor landing board as it gives considerable protection at a vulnerable point of the hive during foul weather. I always seek to have my hive entrances protected from the prevailing winter winds. I do use transit roofs, very much a US style of roof and great as they're easy to make and brilliant for bulk upturned bucket style feeding. However, this style of roof I mainly use only short term at the warm end of spring and summer. I'm a fan of the 150mm deep insulated flat roof. Deep so that I can easily use any feeders under the roof without the need to misuse another box or use a shallow eek. For the waterproof roof covering I have used tin and roofing felt but now use upcycled Corex sheets which are either off cuts or reusing old signs. The timbers used are 20mm thick and that means they're quite heavy but the upside is they don't blow off. 
Returning to March 2023 and the significance of this time, I often say that it's important for beekeepers to know their bees, not by name or markings, but by characteristic of the colony. One apiary, the bees will have different timings, motivations and characteristics. This can easily be observed in late winter and early spring. My bees will fly on good calm days from a temp of 6 degrees centigrade and all of the bees in the apiary will be flying at 10 degrees centigrade. They will be gathering water to reconstitute stores or rehydrate the stores. Another clue to the activity at this time will be the crumbs of wax under the hive. The bees are uncapping stores and that's a good sign. I now watch for bees bringing in pollen, not in big numbers, but enough bees on pollen forage duty for me to know the queen might be laying. This is my signal to start feeding a protein supplement on a colony by colony basis, which I make from powder as I have too many colonies to buy pre-made protein patties. I can't do beekeeping by the calendar. It's just to give indicative dates. I try to beekeep by observation. Now, I know my bees, so in my apiaries, I would expect queens to start laying sometime in February, just in small numbers. But in March, I would expect to see full frames of brood. So I start adding protein supplement patties in February. That's my time to add another brood box on top. Well, I should say, of course, consider. Remember, I don't beekeep by the calendar. The new brood box will have drawn wax frames above the brood in the bottom existing box. Any undrawn frames will be on the outer edges, then moving inwards, any frames with stores. In this way, those frames above the brood have room for laying new brood and the bees have stores to consume and the colony has space to expand. Lots of ands, but then lots happening at this time. March is the month for me. I know that by the 28th of April-ish, the colonies will be in swarm mode. I work a backwards 14-day rule, so that means the colony will have decided to swarm prep about the 14th of April. And so I need to make my anti-swarm manipulations by the 1st of April. That means in March, I need to get the bees into and using the new top boxes. Not just using for stores, but laying brood. Lots of it, in fact. Full frames of it. Therefore, I have to have added by the 14th of March the second box, and that's a national deep brood box. This puts me firmly in anti-swarm mode. I remain in anti-swarm mode now until the nectar flow starts. In 2023, I hope that will be oilseed rape or canola, as our Canadian cousins call it, 
followed by field beans, specifically fava beans, but to me they are broad beans. Going back to the mid-March dateline, every colony will be in a double box configuration. Now before the foraging starts, that is just as the rape comes into bloom, the national deeps are destined to have a procedure called demarie. A beekeeper called Lawrence Edwards with a YouTube channel called No Nonsense Beekeeping has a great series on the demarie manipulation. This is an artificial swarm that results in rapid growth of the hive population and that translates into a large honey crop. I have colonies in a larger brood box known as a 14 by 12. How much larger? Well, a 14 by 12 could hive 85,000 bees compared to a national deep that houses 55,000 bees. I don't do the demarie manipulation with the 14 by 12 colonies simply because I can't extract honey from such a large frame. My Kernigan extractor works with frame sizes up to national deep size. Pre-nectar throw manipulation for 14 by 12 is straightforward and well covered by an American beekeeper called Bob Binney on his YouTube channel. All bees are moved into the bottom box. Any brood is moved from the top into the bottom. I know the frame sizes are mismatched now, but it's a temporary situation. Unwanted 14 by 12 frames are kept aside, ready to be placed back into the hive or moved into other boxes as new colonies are created. A queen excluder is added between the boxes and it keeps the queen in the bottom box. The bees now return to their familiar top box and begin filling the frame cells with nectar. I have used the term familiar because it is. As the frames have been covered for a month or so, they smell of the queen. It's important to have lots of drawn frames in the top box. That means maybe 9 of the 12 frames. If only undrawn frames are placed in the upper box, the colony will swarm. That's why I introduced the second top box in March, and that's the importance of always having an eye for colonies to draw out the frames. Scientists have produced good work on the age that bees must be to draw wax. In itself, this is a separate topic and a very interesting topic. The only way to conclude is to say now is the time for winter feeding, continuing treatment to control varroa and hope. Thanks for joining me. Email if you wish and maybe I'll have a chat going shortly. Next time I have in mind to talk about Advent and food and following that, BSH and UFOs. Thank you for listening to me.